for tuning in to Heart and Revival Podcast. Hope you all had a great week so far. Many of you know that I'm in NPD right now, which takes a lot of my time, but it's been great. It's been going well. Maybe in a future podcast, I'll talk about raising support and is it biblical to support missionaries. And if there's any topic suggestion that you all want to hear about, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook, Paris Martin, or Instagram, it's Paris underscore B underscore Martin. And you can always write reviews or rate the podcast that you are listening to on the platform that you are listening on. I always appreciate you guys' support and your prayers. And so today's topic is going to be about priestly garments, titled Putting on Your Garments. As a kid, I would see my parents wearing robe and house shoes around the house, and I saw that that was associated with adults. In my mind, the big people wore robes and house shoes, and the little people wore character pajamas. And I thought at the age of four that I was like a big person. I would put on my dad's robe and my siblings would see me stomping around the house and I would say, I'm big like dad. And I'd walk in his shoes as if I was like my dad. And so when kids think of adults, they think of grown-ups who are smart, strong, and have everything. Like kids think that Adults are not afraid of anything, that they own literally everything in the world. And that's just the mindset of a child. And so I want to start with Luke 15, 11 through 24. We look at that passage and we first think that's the story of the prodigal son. And when I read this, the first thing that comes to my mind, not only the story of the prodigal son, but what the father did for the son. And I'm going to read, starting at verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in the wild living. After he had spent everything, There was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. 
He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So this was saying, the son went off, did his own thing, and realized that he was in major lack. He didn't have anything. He didn't have food. And he thought of his father's servants, his hired servants. He said neither of them left. They had everything that they needed. And so he decided in his mind that he was going to go back to his father, ask for forgiveness, and then ask his father not to be a son anymore, but to be a hired servant. But the father, instead of allowing him to be a servant, he welcomed his son back into his family. And this is the part that I want to talk about. The father said, quick, bring my best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. In verse 22, the younger son must have felt like me when I used to stomp around in my dad's clothing. He must have felt exactly like that, saying, like, I feel like a grown-up now. Like, the grown-ups always have the robes and the best shoes, and now I get to wear my dad's robe and my dad's shoes. And this time, his dad was saying, go get my robe, my ring, and my house shoes and go put it on my son. And the younger son, he knew walking around with his dad's robe on, with his ring, his shoes, that his older brother would look at him and know that he was like his dad. And the funny part is that siblings always get jealous. Like here, his his brother got jealous. He said, well, dad, I've been around and you've never had a party for me. And same thing when I was younger, my siblings would see me putting on my dad's clothing items just to stomp around the house and then get jealous and want to do the same thing because they knew that when they saw me they saw him and so I'm going to talk about Genesis 37 1 through 4 we see something similar it says Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed the land of Canaan this is the account of Jacob's family line Joseph a young man of seventeen was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, but he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And so again, we see that the father made a robe for his younger son because he loved him. And his brothers were jealous because they saw the robe. And when they saw him wearing that robe, they knew that they saw the father. And another example we see of this is 1 Samuel 18, 1-4. It says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword his bow and his belt. And this chapter it speaks of like man-to-man friendship in which Jonathan 
gives him his robe as one of the many things that was given to him. And so wearing another person's garments meant that you represented that other person wherever you went. That everyone who saw you knew who you were like. Like the father and the son and Luke with the prodigal son. He put on the father's robe. So people knew that when they looked at the son, they saw the father. And in the same way, here, when they saw David wearing Jonathan's robe, they knew that Jonathan belonged to David. Or they knew that David belonged to Jonathan. And so in Exodus 28, 1-4, it says, Then bring near to you Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priests. Aaron and Aaron's son, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. And you shall speak to all the skillful, whom I have filled with a spirit of skill, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. These are the garments that they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a coat of checkerwork, a turban, and a sash. They shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons to serve me as priests. And just to skip down to verse 41 through 43, it says, After you put these clothes on your brother Aaron and his sons, anoint him and ordain them. Consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. Make linen undergarments as a clothing for the body, reaching from the waist to the thigh. Aaron and his sons must wear them whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister in the holy place, so that they will not inquire guilt and die. This to be a lasting ordinance for Aaron and his descendants. So we not only see here that someone wearing their father's robes represents the fact that when someone saw that person, they saw the father. But it also represents righteousness, it represents purity, and it represents holiness before God. And as a priest, in a sense, they were stripped of their old garments and given new garments, which would make them acceptable to God. And it just took them to get rid of the old, and put on the new. And so during AMT, I remember asking God why he sent me to Zambia on a three-month mission trip, and what was my purpose in being there, because at the time, I had no idea. All I knew was that the Lord said, go. And one night, after asking the Lord that, I had this dream. It was during revival week. We had a revival week for a week, And that week, we just determined to press into the Lord, and I determined to press into the Lord, get past my senses and everything that I knew, and to press into the Lord with all that I had to make sure that I knew what the Lord had called me to do. And that night, the Lord gave me a dream. And so in the dream, I was was preparing to go take a shower. And so I went and I gathered up my garments for my shower. And the garments that I had in my hands, they were full of holes and they were ripped up and they were dirty. 
and this this woman came into the room and she was completely like bright like it was like a bright light around her and as I started to look I go Sharon is that you and Sharon who I now know represented God in that dream showed up right before I went off to the shower room and she looked at my garments in my hands and started to pick them up and she said what size are those I have new ones for you give me these torn up garments and I'm going to throw them away. And so I gave her the old garments and then she says to me, go, go shower and rinse off all the filth, clean off all the filth. When you get done, you'll be completely clean and the new garments will be ready for you to put on. And so as I'm going to go shower, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go shower. At that moment, I felt exposed. Because I literally had nothing. I was just going to go take a shower with nothing. Although she said that the new garments would be ready. And once I was done showering, I was getting ready to get out of the shower. And I felt so ashamed and so exposed. And I, and I remember saying, Sharon, why do I feel so ashamed right now? And she spoke back to me. She said, because you have gotten rid of all that you've clinged to. And then she handed me these new garments and they were all white to put on. And so in that moment, I immediately wake up. And I remember asking the Lord what that dream meant. And instantly, the Lord gave me the meaning of that dream. And God was telling me that I was in Zambia. The purpose being exactly where I was was because I was being stripped of what I thought was all that I had, all that I knew, everything that I had clinged to. I was being stripped of those things. And I had learned to rely too much on the own plans that I had for myself and to learn to rely on my own understanding. And if I didn't have a plan, like, I would freak out. Like, if, if nothing made sense... I would freak out because I wanted everything to make sense. And that's what I cleaned to. And the Lord was saying, you have to let go of it. Let go of those things. Because those plans, those, those thoughts, they're all worn out. They're torn. They're not working. And so what I needed was him. And he was ready to clothe me in his robe, in his house shoes, as my dad. He was ready to put those on me so when people saw me they saw him they knew that I belonged to him he was purifying me getting rid of all the the dirt the filth that I had stored on the inside of me and replacing it with clean with all white with purity with righteousness with with holiness and so no matter what I've done in my life as his child I know that I can come anytime as did with my earthly father, and put on his robe, put on his house shoes, go stomping around this this earth, taking territory. And the best part of it is, is that he never asks for them back. He says that I can keep them. And that just shows his love for us, that when we put on his garment of righteousness, his garment, his robe of purity, 
he never asked for it back, but he says that you can keep it. You keep it and you go walk around. You go stomp around this earth. You go take territory and bring people into the kingdom of heaven. And in closing, Isaiah 61.10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he hath clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. And I pray that this message has encouraged you to get rid of what you've cleaned to on a daily basis and allow him to clothe you in what his word says. And so the number one thing that I want you to get from this, this message today is to strip yourself of the old and put on the new. And when I say the old, I mean the plans that you've had for yourself, the plans that you made for yourself, the plans that you think was going to work without the Lord. Your own understanding is what I mean when I say the old and put on the new. Let the Lord work it out in your heart, what he wants you to do, what he has purposed you to do in this life. In Proverbs 16, it talks about the heart of man plans his way, but it's the Lord that establishes steps. And the Lord wants to establish your steps. You just have to let him establish those steps in your life. And when you let go of those things, when you just release everything, then the Lord can come in and he can start to place his robe on you and he can say, okay, this is what I've been wanting to do from the beginning. This is where we can start. Now go to this place and go to that place and do this and do that. And things will start to fall in line because you've allowed the Lord, to be number one, to go before you, to make straight those paths for you to walk on. And you can take each day knowing that the Lord has already gone before you, that he's already made straight your paths. The Lord says in his word, he says that he is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So you don't have to be afraid when things seem like it's clouded when, when circumstances are coming against you. You don't have to be afraid because the Lord is the light through those things. And I promise you, as you continue to lay down what you've placed upon yourself, to even lay down those limits that you may have thought that you were limited to because of who you are or because of who you come from or what you've come from. But man, when you allow the Lord to work through your life, his will to start flowing out of you. You will do things that you never thought that you would do before. Like I'm sitting here telling you today, and many of you may not know my testimony, but me thinking of my testimony, I'm like, wow, where I come from, I've never thought, the things that I've been through, I never thought that I'd be qualified to do what I'm doing today. And a lot of people, they they think that they're disqualified. But in this, in allowing the Lord to work his will through your life, it qualifies you to do exactly what you've called to do. And more importantly, it qualifies you to expand the kingdom of heaven, to lay up treasure in heaven so that when we go to be with the Lord, you will have kingdom rewards. You will then place your treasure in heaven. And that's what the Lord tells us to do. He tells us to store our treasure up in heaven where rust cannot get to it, where it cannot be stolen, but is safe and secure with him. So that way when you go through, 
you don't just have wood, hay, and stubble, but you have precious stones and jewels to present before the Lord. In Isaiah 43, the word says, Remember not the former things, but behold, I am doing a new thing. And I speak that over each and every one of you listening today. A new thing that he is doing in you. A new thing that he is doing in me. A new thing. And we can go forth claiming that. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. So there's no difference between you and there's no difference between me. If he did it for me, he would do the same thing for you. In Jesus' name. Well, I thank you all for tuning in to a Heart Revival podcast, and I look forward to chatting with you guys next time.